This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode 43, with guest Jenny Perry. All links and resources you hear in this podcast can be found at yourkickasslife.com forward slash 43. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. How are you? Episode 43 is up and it is a returning guest. My friend and colleague, Jenny Perry, let me introduce you to Jenny. Jenny G. Perry is the author of Sex Pot with Stretch Marks. She's a feisty married mother of five, happily residing at the Jersey Shore. She loves to blog on social media about her life's journey in a fun and spiritual way. She has a passion for life and a bold voice, which preaches self-love daily. She loves to give author talks to cheer on her fellow writers and to tell everyone to go after their dreams. She's been a featured blogger on sites like HuffingtonPost.com, ElephantJournal.com, and BeliefNet.com. You can read more about Jenny at JennyGPerry.com. And so without further ado, here is Jenny. All right. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to episode 43 of the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast. And we have back... By popular demand, Miss Jenny G. Perry. Hey, Jenny. Hi, sweetie. <laughs> and Jenny has a book that is out, Sex Pot with Stretch Marks. That's the correct title, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I just wanted to make sure because <laughs> we have so much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and if you haven't listened, and the link will be in the show notes, the last time, it's been almost a year since you were on, believe it or not. We talked about, uh, well, the title of your podcast was called Weight Loss Won't Make You Happy. I think that was the title of it. And basically, that was it about how it was a lot of your story and how you came to have this be a big part of your message. So why don't, why don't we start there? I have, um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about Jenny's book and we're going to have a giveaway, everybody. Super excited about that. And um, if you would, Jenny, can you start out by telling our dear listeners because you have such an interesting and power, powerful story about how you learned to empower yourself and and really learned what it takes to be happy and fulfilled and have self-worth. So can you tell us, you know, give us a, the three-minute version of what happened in your life? Okay. Well, first of all, I just have to say that wouldn't it be funny if you could see me right now with my, like, hair all mangled up and everything? Um, it's so funny we're on audio, and I was thinking this morning, wouldn't it be funny to have um, – a show where it was called Rolled Out of Bed, and, like, it was Skype interviews of people, literally, they just rolled out of bed. Because we're so used to being all, like, glam, and everyone thinks that everyone looks better than the other person because of Instagram filters and stuff. Right. You know? It's like, oh, you look so good with, like, 20 filters on. <laughs> I actually did brush my hair this morning. I have, when I take my kids to school in the morning, and I have to, like, actually go in the school for my daughter's preschool. Uh, yeah. So I do have to, like, put clothes on. Yeah, I, I get you. I know. Although, like, I remember my dad picking up one of my kids from school, and he's like, people pick up their kids in pajama bottoms. I'm yeah. like, I know, I know. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but see, for me, it's um, it's part of, like, instead of having, like, a big, you know, cup of coffee, to me, sometimes putting on jeans and makeup, like, that gets my energy up. Mm-hmm. So I think of it as, like, play. 
not yeah. as like I have to put on my mask of makeup. Just makes me feel good. It really does. And I'm not afraid to be seen without makeup on because I never want to go down that rabbit hole where you're like, you feel bad without your makeup on. Like you'd be embarrassed if someone saw you like that. So I almost do these weird things with myself because of my journey mm-hmm. in that like I have to eat bad every once in a while just so I can be like, all right, we're good. We're good. Like, yeah. like, we're, sort of, like we're <laughs> safe. Uh-huh. You know, like we are, we are safe. And same with makeup. Like, I, every once in a while, I just have to go out without makeup on just so that I feel like, all right, we're still badass. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's kind of like we can be really conditional with ourselves about loving ourselves. Like, if you don't make any mistakes, if you always have your makeup on, if you always weigh a certain weight, like, yeah, I'm, I love myself. But it's like, yeah, but do you love yourself when X, Y, and Z happens? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I call it the criteria. Oh, my God, yeah. And for me, parenting is, like, constantly, like, an ego check. Like, you can never have a big ego when you have kids because they're just, like, you're a loser. You know, like, Everything is thrown out the window. Yep. Exactly. It. Exactly. You're so mean, whatever it is. Which, actually, it's it's a really good lesson in the way of setting the tone, like, setting your own vibration. And I have to remind myself of that every day because you can be very, like, circumstances and people and everything outside of yourself setting the tone for your life and how you're, how happy you are. Or you can be like, all right, no, I'm in charge of this. And I'm trying to actually teach my younger kids that because in my 20s, like, I was heavy. And then even when I lost weight, like, everything was so outside of myself. And I kind of imagine it to be like you have, like, antennae, mm-hmm. but, like, you're an octopus. And all your stuff is reaching out, 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 out. And you lose your center. And you have to kind of come back to center and be like, check in, like, okay. And most people don't check in, so they're unhappy, and they're just, like, going through the motions of life. And they don't realize, like, that they have to kind of look within and say, okay, why am I doing this behavior? Why am I thinking like that? Like, we have so much power. And it's like, at first when I heard that, it was actually kind of intimidating and stressful and I was kind of bummed to know I had responsibility for my own life and my own happiness. I was like, oh, shit, I got to take care of my own stuff. But then after you, like, work at it, you're like, this is really powerful. And I'm really glad that I'm in the driver's seat, not anyone else. Yeah. Well, wait, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. So so back up. Back it back. Back back it up. Back and- up. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned your weight loss. So tell us tell us the story about what happened for for those of people that are hearing you for the very first time. Tell us your 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 that particular journey. Okay. Well, hi, first timers. I'm fabulous. You should know me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. Uh, well. I entertain myself. That's all that matters, right, Andrew? We entertain ourselves. <laughs> we do this for ourselves. But, um, okay, so I'm 37 now, and it was when I was 26, I was overweight, I smoked cigarettes, I ate a lot of sugar, I had panic attacks, and I was like, hmm, I wonder if something has to change here. And I was having a bulimic background from my teens. I remember being in the shower and just being like, how the hell did we get here? And like, how could we ever lose weight? And it sounds so cliche to say that sometimes it's so overwhelming when we have a lot of weight to lose and it almost just seems like easier to just stay at a heavier weight. But it's not even about the weight. It's the fact that I was a young mom, so I cut my hair short. I had like, you know, some highlights. It wasn't red back then. It was brown. And I just really gave, like kind of gave up. I was like, I look frumpy and I was trying to be cool, but I was like trying to fit this mom mold. Mm-hmm. What does a mom look like? And I wanted to be like legit, like this gave me street credit, like the like the mom jeans. 
<laughs> and, and it was so not me. And then um, I had a friend of mine offer to train me. And I was like, okay. And I did. I busted my butt. And I lost 50 pounds within six months. And then I lost another 10 after that within a few months after. And it was, it was actually not the best way to go about it because it was like that. They always say you can't have like a happy um, outcome with like an unhappy journey. I always mm -hmm. mess up quotes, but... I totally agree because if you muscle yourself there and you beat yourself up and you're like, you fat ass, like we got to get moving. When you get there, you don't even know you're there. And then my whole story is that I lost weight and I was like, oh my God, I really hate myself. Like the armor fell off. So I didn't have the weight as an excuse. And actually I didn't feel anchored anymore. Like I didn't feel centered. I felt all over the place. Like I didn't even know who I was, which when you lose weight and then you're trying to register in your brain like that you're a thin person, it's really weird. It's almost like you have to try on a new identity, even though I wasn't always heavy. In my mind, though, I always kind of felt like the heavy girl, it, it, just from being teased as a kid, too. So it was weird. And people treated me differently. That was another thing. And we get these weird signals from society on, like, I got the creepy men aspect which I was not prepared for because I was just used to men treating me a certain way and they treated me like I was smarter when I was heavier um, more like more like a sister type of thing when I was heavier and I didn't get those weird looks at like the convenience store when I, then when I was thinner and a woman said to me you better not lose any more weight or no one's going to want to talk to you and it was a joke but it was not a joke because right. that's how sometimes if you're in a group of of friends, if you do something outside of the norm of that group, it, it threatens everyone. It's like, do you ever hear that analogy of like the um, crabs in a basket and like they're always like pulling that crab back down trying to get out? <laughs> yeah. I've heard that analogy a couple of times recently and I'm like, it's the weirdest thing, but I get it. I well, totally I get, it. get it. Well, it goes back to like, I think I've said this before in one of my podcasts, it goes back to like the caveman days where that's just survival. Yeah. Mm hmm and if you do something that's, like, outside of the norm and, and it's, like, doesn't fit in with your clicks, like, unwritten rules, what it does is is it shakes them up and it says, okay, now your turn. Like, now, like, what can you be doing different in your life or where are you holding yourself back? And it's like, oh, wow. But people aren't aware of that. They're mm -hmm. not aware. They're just kind of like, who does she think she is? Because it's easy. It's so easy to go into that yep. versus, you know, once I really learned to love myself, when women were, you know, like, like if you called me up, you know, one day you will, uh, and tell me, like, Oprah thinks that you're the best thing, you know, since sliced bread, I'll be like, I know. Mm -hmm. And I would be so happy for you. But that's the idea, too, is that I don't believe in a lackful universe. I believe in an abundant universe. And when I taught myself that and changed my mindset, it was like, there's uh, no one, like, when the, uh, the idea that, like, my ship is coming in, no one's going to go on my ship. Like, my ship is my ship. Mm -hmm. So when something happens great for someone else, it has nothing to do with me. It doesn't mean that there's, like, less of that awesomeness to go around. Yeah. And that's just, and that means I can love my friends. That actually brings me to one of the questions, because I was, I was, and by the way, you guys, I wrote the foreword for the book. So you know that I think it's amazing. And you know that I love Jenny if I if I'm going to endorse it. I love it. And one of one of my favorite chapters is your attention is your intention. So and I'm going to I'm going to quote you first. 
Only speak aloud what you want others to say about you. This includes your body. Only think thoughts about yourself that you want others to have about you. And then you go on to say a couple paragraphs later, what you believe you deserve is what the universe hears from you every day. That's pretty powerful. And I've, I've actually recorded a podcast way in the beginning, many, many, many episodes ago, um, where I talked about putting where you put your focus on. And you just alluded to that, saying that that's, that's really what you do and that you've, you've decided to do that. So tell me, like, were you born that way or was that just like a decision that you made? No, actually, it's, I think that it was the whole shift happened from being so miserable from after losing the weight and just being like, I am so miserable. And everyone else seemed so happy. And I remember looking at other women and being like, man, it looks like it would be so easy to be in their shoes. And I literally wanted to be in other women's shoes. I would like envy everyone else. And I just couldn't see the good in myself. So I started reading, you know, um, Wayne Dyer and tons of Law of Attraction. That mm-hmm. was just like, you know, when The Secret came out, then I was just like, read that and then I read like Abraham Hicks I just got my hands on everything that I could in order to shift my mind and my thoughts and I was like wait a minute the concept that that really started to get me to to question everything is that you're not your thoughts like that you can be the the observer and I'd like everybody on on this um, listening to the podcast to just think about it as like if you were to think about it like you were inside of one of the characters in Disney World and you're peeking through the eye holes, that's what it's like to be the observer. Like, you're observing yourself right now. And when and it gets so, like, esoteric and out there, but I love that in the way that, like, when you observe yourself right now, there's almost, like, two eyes. It's like, you know, people want to say ego, and they want to say spirit, and they want to say, you know, light and dark and all this kind of stuff. But I think we're just a whole being. But when you can observe yourself, you can see that your thoughts, like they pass on through, but you are not the same as your thoughts. And when you can separate yourself from those thoughts, there's so much power. So that way, when you have a negative thought, you say, okay, well, I can, I can just choose like that. That doesn't get to stay here. Almost like, you know, you have like, um, an office and you have the person delivering the mail and you can say, no, I I don't need that junk mail. You can, you can just put that right Mm -hmm. in the shredder right now. Or you can say, oh, that's a beautiful file. I'm going to file that away and keep that forever. Or I'm going to put this on the wall. You know, you get to choose what thoughts actually stay with you. And that's like, that's such a big change. Like where you can write out affirmations and post them. And people might think that that's like fluffy or airy-fairy. But it's like you're saying affirmations to yourself every day in your mind and to other people. Mm -hmm. I know that I'll constantly catch myself where I'm saying, you know, stuff about my kids where I'm like, they always or they never. And it's like, okay, well, you just sent that signal out to the universe. Please give me more of that. And I will joke about Facebook. Like, whatever someone posts on Facebook, it's like a big giant billboard to the universe saying, right. okay, bring me more, please. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying that you can't talk about what's going on in your life, but there always has to be like a takeaway for me personally. Like, where if I talk about something, it's like there's, it's intentional. It's totally intentional. It's like, okay, here's what I got out of this, or here was my awareness. Or else it's just throwing up on Facebook and I don't really want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, like you just said, it's it's whatever you put your attention on becomes your intention. And I remember too, because I was not born that way. I, I just – some people are. Some people are just like supernaturally positive and, and – but I think I remember the first time I started learning about this, I really took a good look at – I don't – somebody must have asked me 
um, and what my beliefs were, what my beliefs were about um, my future, what my beliefs were about my past, about my personality, about my body, about how I was in relationships. And a lot of it was total shit. Like, <laughs> I believed I was bad at relationships because I didn't, you know, I, I hadn't had a great one yet. I believed I um, wasn't worthy of having, you know, good friendships or good relationships. I mean, I had stuff around money. I would just go, I could go on and on and on. And, and, um, and I've told my, my listeners this, I'm not a huge fan of affirmations because I think the women that I work with are so freaking smart that they don't. There's a part of their brain where they're just like mm, not buying it. So I encourage people just to make them neutral. And so Jenny, you and I were talking before I before I hit record, and I'll just share with people. I haven't since we moved to North Carolina. I have like fallen off the exercise wagon. I'm like exercising here and there. I have not been eating well, <clears throat> and I've started to put on weight. And I got out of out of the shower. So have this been ten years ago, and I gained weight, I would have gotten out of the shower and talked such shit about myself, about my body. And now I got out of the shower a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, "Wow, I'm looking curvy." <laughs> and that's really so. It's like it's a training. Like you're training your body, or you're sorry, you're training your mind to think. Just put your attention on different things, and that's whatever your thoughts are. So my my whole point is is to make your thoughts neutral. If you're having such a hard time making them positive, if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, it's easy for Andrea and Jenny to do, like it's totally possible to make them neutral. Start there. Exactly, and and actually with affirmations, what I think is the best thing to do is find your way to the positive affirmations. But if you are like hating yourself right now. And, and I said to you, say, I am beautiful, and you're like, oh, my God. And, like, there's all these expletives that come out of your mouth. Then don't say that. But you want to also um, say, like, okay, you know, um, I'm doing the best I can. Like, you slide your way there mm-hmm. and just try to, like, lean in that direction and say, like, okay, well, is there something that I can say positive about myself? And then hold on to that. Just find something that you can hold on to. And like almost like climbing up a ladder because you can't jump like two stories in one second. Right. So you have to like climb your way there. And one of the things that that's happened to me, if I, if I, you know, notice myself observing like my belly or whatever is then I'm like, oh, that's a call to self-love. So I'll place my hands on my stomach and say, I love you, which I've advised people to do many times. And it's almost like. Then I say, like, oh, I love you so much. Like, I'm going to take such good care of you. Like, if you treated your body like it was your child, like someone you absolutely love, how would you talk to them? Mm -hmm. You'd be like, oh, man, we've been through so much. Like, it's okay. I understand, you know, like this might not be the way we want, but let's do whatever we can to take care of ourselves and make it like a loving thing. And I actually think that that's, you know, that's the best thing is to say I love you to yourself. That's like the most powerful affirmation. Of all time. Yeah, mirror work. That was some of the work that I did in the very beginning of my journey. I had a coach that had me do that, and that was so uncomfortable, but so extremely powerful. Have you ever done that? I'm sure you have. I have. And when you first start out, you can't even look yourself in the eye. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like you look at yourself in the eyes, and you're almost like, I'm watching you. Like, like <laughs> I, know, I know some shit you did. Like, I know who you really is. You know, like, it's really weird. And then, like, when you, you get to where we're at now, it's almost like you know all that you've done, all your mistakes, all, you know, all your desire and yearning that you still have. And you can look in your eyes with compassion like you're your own best friend. And that's really, that's, you know, our journey on earth is really about ourselves. It's like learning to love yourself and learning to, like, figure out who you are and to get to know yourself. Like, that's really, that's what your journey is all about. Mm-hmm. Everyone else comes and goes, unfortunately, like really when it comes down to it. 
you really are, are with yourself the whole entire time. So my, why not be best friends? Right? Mm-hmm. Right. I know. You can't you can't escape yourself and and I, I, I love that too, what you said about talking to yourself like you would you would talk to one of your children or your best friend or um, I remember I had a client a long time ago who was single and she didn't have children. She does now, but she didn't at the time. And and she had her beloved um, French bulldog. And I was like, okay, so how do you talk to your dog? Like, what, <laughs> talk to yourself like that. And it's just, it's, and that's one of the, um, you know, I was looking at Kristen Neff. She's a, a, a scholar in Texas and she's worked with Dr. Brene Brown and and she has she runs selfcompassion.org and if you go to her website in her exercises cuz i went there thinking like there was going to be these mind blowing exercises that i had never heard about getting to a place of self kindness and compassion and it's the same work that we do as coaches and one of them is really take inventory of of the difference between how you talk to yourself and how you talk to a good friend or a child or someone that you have compassion for and forgiveness for. Because that's another thing too, is that we hold grudges against ourselves that we like can't even bear to think of forgiving ourselves for. And that was in in my own journey to self-love. I'm sure it was for you too. That was a big one is forgiving myself for mistakes that I had made and continuing to forgive myself for, for screwing up because it's part of the human experience. We all do it. Totally. And I feel like there are some of us that were like, I'm going to make giant mistakes. So I feel like really learn self-love because if you've ever met somebody who like just seems like they've never done anything bad or like done anything mean and you're just like, it probably would be really easy to like yourself. But if you've made epic mistakes, you can be like, okay, like I have to forgive myself. And this is like almost like you decided to climb the mountain. And I definitely think that I came for the badass version of life sometimes. But yet <laughs> forgiveness is... um. I think that as we get older, I love to observe older people. And, like, I want to shatter the whole idea of what beauty is in the way that, like, if we decide to say I'm beautiful, like, I, I can totally tell you I'm beautiful. That doesn't have to do with how many wrinkles are on my face, right. the size of my ass, nothing. It's a declaration. And I think every woman is beautiful. And if I can't see something beautiful in them, that's my problem. Like, mm-hmm. I haven't looked hard enough. And really, when it comes down to it, if, if someone's, like, super kind, you see that they're beautiful because that kindness is beautiful. Confidence is beautiful. Like, those big hearts, I think, are so beautiful. But as we get older, you see women that, specifically, you know, I'm always observing women. And, like, there is this lightness of being that some older women have that you can tell that if you were to ask them about, you know, their past, they don't have any regrets they don't have a story that they're going to tell you from 10 years ago that they're still mad at somebody. Like, they they have let go. They've forgiven themselves. They've forgiven other people. They don't hold the baggage. And I feel like you don't you don't even notice any wrinkles on their face, any of that. You see this light, this Spirit. radiance. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people where, like, their aura is very closed and clouds and gray. And, like, you just feel like they are just carrying around all this energy with them, like, you know, vibrationally. Like, they just have all this stress. And it, and it doesn't matter what has happened in their life because it's very easy to say, well, you know, it's easy for them or it's, you know, it's so hard for me because you don't understand. But there are people that have come out of the Holocaust that just decided that they were going to live a vibrant life. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people that have had, like, a couple of small things happen to them and they've decided to wear that almost like a, as a badge of honor, like on why like people owe them or like why they have a reason to be the way they are. And yeah. it's just like being light in spirit. It's just it really is about forgiving yourself. Like you can't go back to the past. Right. So why hold on to that? But the concept of forgiveness is like 
that's so hard for people to grasp in the way that they feel like if they forgive other people, then it means like the person was not wrong or whatever. And it's like, no, just you, it's, it's literally cutting the cord of connection from you to that thing. So you don't have to worry about it anymore. It's all, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it's, it's almost selfish to forgive other people because it's like, you don't want to be connected to that anymore. You want to move on. Yeah. That's what I talk about in my book. I wrote about self-forgiveness and that's what I said. I, I think I said something like, um, forgiveness isn't about about making what you did okay or, or if you're forgiving someone else, making what they did okay. It's really just about loving yourself enough to know that you cannot go back and change the way things were. And that's all. And it just, yeah, it is one of those things where um, – it just, it's so heavy and it's just, it's so unnecessary. And I think that that's really the thing that holds people back from forgiving themselves. If we're going to talk about that specifically, it's just like, well, then I'm making it okay. No, you're absolutely not making it okay because it, you know, goes back to that Maya Angelou quote of when you know better, you do better. It's like, are you going to make the same mistake again? No, you're not. And so that in itself is amazing that that was the lesson that was learned. So take that and, and, and walk away. And I think too, I want to say one more thing about forgiveness is that sometimes it needs to be revisited. You know, you can, you can, it's not just like you'd say it and you'd feel it and you do it and you can check it off. Sometimes you need to go back and revisit it and, and just, and feel into the feelings, you know, something might trigger you and you feel into the feelings about it. Um, and then you have to forgive yourself again. That's been my experience. I was totally going to say the same thing. We're, we're uh, like twinsies. We're, I know. We are <laughs> so connected. Because you know what? I, it just it hit me when you said that is that it's like the layers of the onion thing. Like I can say I've forgiven myself for something. And this is where um, people need to understand. You don't get to a point where you're like, you know, like we are. We're, we're like walking on water and like nothing ever happens. It's like, done. yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're human. You have emotions. And, like, one thing that was something I had to forgive myself for that will come around for me again is, you know, in some ways in my 20s, I didn't have enough, you know, money in my mind. And so I made that into, like, I wasn't a good enough mom because I couldn't do certain things. And I was, like, looking at all the other moms and, you know, how how that goes. Yeah. And so in some ways, like, with my daughter who's graduating from high school this year, like, a couple of times, like, a song's come on the radio and I've gotten sad, like, thinking about her like leaving for college and it's like there's also what would flood me is like this feeling of like oh my god I should have should have taken her to like build a bear more often and like you know, oh no you know all this like what it could have should have and instead of realizing like I was a baby and like I did the best that I could and I I messed up a lot you know but what can I do now you know I can only try to do my best now mm-hmm. but it's it's definitely something that will come at me from different angles you know like go on a different right. day I'm like, okay, all right, well, what's the point of it, you know, going to that right now? And so it's, it is, like, it definitely comes in layers. You have to forgive yourself. And this is where it's super important, too, to keep your vibration high because when your vibe is low, if you think about things, like, everything seems bad. So mm-hmm. it's like, if your vibe is low and you go into, like, your bathroom, you're like, oh, my God, it's so dirty in here. I can't even believe, like, this is ridiculous, you know. And, like, the, you know, everything is just, like, you're like a tornado pulling in negative thoughts. You're, like, looking out the window and you're like, my damn neighbor in his grass. Why can't he ever mow his goddamn lawn? You know, like, you're just a <laughs> yeah. tornado of, like, that. And then if you were just, like, don't talk to anybody in that space, don't think. Like, I know that sounds dumb, but when you're in that space, distract yourself. Like, put on music, exercise, 
you know, have sex, whatever you got to do to get your vibration raised higher. And it could be to read something inspirational like my book or Andrew's book or just anything that you can do like mantras, you know, to just raise your vibe a little bit. And then you literally, you notice how the world looks different and it gives you insight to the way that you can't ever argue with somebody else's reality because they're literally seeing a different reality than you. Yeah. Because one time I was standing in the grocery store next to a woman and she was like, I, you know, this store is ridiculous. No one's ever helped. Mm, yes, I know those people. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm literally like, oh, really? Like, I didn't notice that. Like, everyone's always helpful to me at my grocery store. I'm there so much. They should give me my own parking spot. <laughs> but that's the thing is that if you think that everyone's terrible, like, then everyone's going to be terrible. Like, you're going to find the terrible person wherever you go. Mm-hmm. And so it's like we – that's where we do create our unhappiness so much. So – Working on your vibration is really, I think, the first step in changing your life. Like, if you can realize that there's so much power in, like, it's not just being positive. Because being positive is sometimes, a, like, fake it till you make it. And that's what I know what you mean about affirmations is, like, sometimes you say them with a smirk, like, yeah, I'm beautiful. Yeah, right. But it's it's like if you can raise your vibration, a lot of things, like, kind of almost you let go of them by accident mm-hmm. because you're by raising your vibration and it's almost like somebody was asking me the question of like which is first is self-love or happiness and it's almost like the chicken and the egg right like which one comes first and i think it's just different for everyone just like you know how that we were saying about forgiveness words sometimes are complicated because everyone has like their own version of what the word means just like the concept of self-love or happiness like everyone has a concept of that and i don't know which one comes first like you know, it's whatever, I guess, whatever you feel comes first is what comes first for you. What would you think? What, what do you think? Self, self-love or happiness comes first? I think it's it's for sure the chicken or the egg. And, and if I had to pick, I would, I would say self-love because it's like – because I think about like my 20s and I think about um, – I didn't have self-love. You know, was I happy? Yes, I was happy, but it was on a surface level. So – you know, I wasn't like a miserable person because when I when I think about like how I felt really, really deep inside, if that would have manifested day in and day out, no, I, nobody would have wanted to hang out with me. I would have been like this like troll that lived in a cave. But like <laughs> I was totally able to put on a happy face and be outwardly happy. So that's why I call it outwardly happy. I call it surface level happy because you just you learn to cope. That's what I that's all I knew. So like was I happy? Yeah, but it wasn't real. It wasn't like a real there's I think there's a difference between and I'm I'm this is just my own kind of language but like there's a difference between happiness and like true fulfillment and joy. Like that's exactly. what I feel now. And that you know, is a manifestation of self-love. I I swear to god we're operating on one brain today. <laughs> because that's exactly what I was going to say is that the difference in, I do think self-love comes first because I do th- I I know exactly what you mean. I was that smiling face where it was like you know, I could put on a good show all the time. Like I wasn't rooting and, and like you would know I was mm-hmm. depressed inside. But yes, the difference is happiness and joy. Happy is fleeting. Like right. happy is moments. Happy is like a smiley, you know, emoji. You know, like it's just um, joy is a, is a space that you get to occupy all the time. And it's almost like um, joy is like a state of mind and happy is like an emotion. And joy is soul deep. I think joy is is soul deep. And happiness can be, 
I think happiness can be just like, you know, just like a little bit like the epidermis. It is. I uh, totally. It really is. Layer. Mm -hmm. But but here's the thing. It's like I think that people that, and maybe this is some people that are listening. It's like when you don't have self love, you don't know any different. So your happiness is happy, and you won't know until you're on the other side. So you can you can live like that forever, and at the end of your life, say like, yeah, I think I had a pretty happy life, and that's fine. But like, it wasn't fine for me. I think like, and I and I wrote about this recently. Like, you know, you don't because. I got to a point where it was like I had a life-changing experience and that's not everyone's reality. Like you don't have to fall on your face and and completely like lose everything. So it it just – and it can be a slower process. Like for me, I had that life-changing experience. I was done and I put myself on the fast track to self-love. That does not need to be you at all. And uh, But I definitely think it starts with – what is your criteria? And this is what we were talking about in the beginning is it, what are the beliefs that you have made up that then you will feel totally immersed in love with yourself? Like, is it your weight? Is it your relationship? Is it a promotion? Is it the way you parent? Is it your friendships? You know, is it a new house that that you want? Is it like your physical environment? I think those are the main things in life that we put like these markers or mileposts on. Like when I get there, then I can feel that joy that um, Andrea and Jenny are talking about. And it's none of that. It's really none of that. Um, it's it's a it's like these little like you were saying like the onion layers of all this stuff, <laughs> and some of it's dealing with your past too. And you know what? It's it's funny because what happens when you're in this kind of um, self help, self empowerment, whatever the hell you want to call it, we're we're in because it, it really it's self love, it's self help, it's self empowerment, it's mm-hmm. self improvement, it's all of that. But when you're in this world, and if you're somebody who who is always trying to improve themselves, or I don't even know, it's not even improve themselves. It's almost like just getting more to your soul. Like right. that's just what my motivation is, and. That's the thing is if you if you can ask yourself today like what's my motivation? It's like hmm. And I was thinking about this yesterday because I was like having one of my mean mom days where I was just like my boys were being wild and I was like, you know, I really want to work on my parenting because I'm I'm like so not showing up the way I want to today. And I was thinking what's my motivation here? And I always have to keep myself in check where it's like what is my motivation? And sometimes the god's honest truth is is I'm trying to control them. And I'm like, that's a really crappy thing. But it's like, listen, if you have three boys that are acting crazy in a house, like you want to control them because you think that you're like actually helping them. Like you're like, dude, I'm trying to save you from yourself. Uh Exactly. (laughs) You're like, you know, someone's going to lose an eye, you know. But really, it's like, what is my motivation? And if I ask myself that question, it's like, oh, okay, well, where's the love there? Okay, so could I go about this differently? And I can be like totally on autopilot like the typical crabby mom thing, I can very, I, I do that well. Like I could be a character on a TV show in that mode. Mm-hmm. But really it takes so much more effort to be like, okay, let me take time to check in. And like, you know, one of my ch- one of my children who's seven, he's like very sensitive. And so if I yell, like he's really sensitive to that. And then I feel bad and, you know, like I have to go through that. And it's like, okay, so that's one of the areas that I'm, I'm currently working on. It's like how can I become a better parent? without being like this, you know, where I have to do everything right. It's like, I just know that I want to feel more love towards them and I want to feel more loving. And so I want my motivation to be of a not trying to control them, but more like, I want us to have more fun in our home. I want us to have more love in our home. And when you think of it like your motivation, instead of like, what do I need to work on? Because that feels like effort. 
more like, hmm, what is my motivation? Like, what do I want to experience more of? That that gets me excited when I think of it in that way. Because yeah. if I feel like I have to work on my parenting, I'm like, oh, my God. I literally bought a parenting book, and it's still staring at me because it's, it's like I hate parenting books, but I figured that this one sounded good. Because I do think that that's like if you can do everything right in life, but if you feel like a bad parent, like that's really, I know for me, that's like a huge thing. I know for you, it's super important because I know how much you love your children. And that's just like, that, that can also be a major reason why we don't love ourselves. Because if you feel like you're not a good enough mom, that is like, that's a super heavy one. Mm -hmm. So if you can just like, try to like, think like you and I do, like I'm doing the best I can. Like, and sometimes I've said to my kids, like, I never told you I was perfect. I don't know where you ever got that from. Like, right. That's on TV. Exactly. Oh, my. Well, you know what's funny is we – seriously, I didn't put it in the book um, exactly worded this way, but I have said to my kids, like, if you want a perfect parent, like, keep watching the Disney Channel because, mm -hmm. like, that's the only place you're ever going to see it. Like, remember the show Roseanne? I felt like that was, like, the most authentic – yeah. Real show. Because most shows, like the mom version that they show, she is so one-dimensional that I'm like, what mom acts like that? Seriously? Nobody. Yeah, like, okay, let me make you some, let me cut out the crust of your sandwich and, you know, get you. you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. But, but really, yeah. as a mom, you, as a mom, you want to show them what it's like to, like, when you make mistakes, you want to show them, like, you can say you're sorry, but not just that you say you're sorry, but that you move on and that you don't hold on to your own drama. Right. Because if, if they listen to you beating yourself up, then you're teaching them that when you make mistakes, that it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. and like they, and, Or that it's not okay to make mistakes. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that you should beat yourself up. Oh, and we that, have to have a whole other podcast on perfectionism because that's something, oh, you know, talk about whoo, walk in your talk when you have kids. <laughs> but, and, exactly. And spiritual perfectionism is a huge thing. Like if you're on that track where you're trying to like, you know, be in the world that you and I are, it's like you can become a perfectionist in self-empowerment where you're mm -hmm. just like, oh my God, like I'm a phony because I'm having this show up. <laughs> I'm sure that happens for a lot of, a lot of coaches, but it's like, you're human. You're right. not a robot. Yep, absolutely. All right, you guys, uh, sex pot with stretch marks. If you, I forgot to mention earlier, if you're listening to this and you want the links to the book or to participate in the contest, which I'm going to talk about in just a second, go to yourkickasslife.com forward slash four three. This is episode 43. All the links to Jenny's site and how to, to buy the book. But I am going to be giving away two copies of, of Jenny's book. And what we're going to do is it's going to it's gonna go a little something like this. So I'm going to pick two random people. So it's not like whose post is the best or anything. It's going to be completely random. I'm going to pick two people. And this, this contest is going to go on for about a week and a half until Sunday, January 18th. So to enter to win, and all of this information, if you're driving and you're like, I don't have a pen, that's okay. YourKickassLife.com forward slash four three. So you can just sh use the share feature on the Your Kick -Ass Life Facebook page or you can repost on Instagram tagging at Your Kick -Ass Life. Um, and while you're at it, tag Jenny G. Perry. That's her on Instagram. Don't forget the G. And it's two R's. <laughs> and um, just share the podcast. That's all I need you to do to enter. I'm going to give two copies away even if you are on the other side of the world that's okay i will ship it to you it's not just us so sex pot with stretch marks thank you so 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 much for being here jenny do you have any parting words that you would love to leave us with 
Um, yes, I would like to say to all the moms that um, it's actually the best thing you could do for your children is to work on yourself and be, instead of thinking of it as selfish to work on yourself and, you know, um, do whatever you have to do, like take the classes, spend the money on yourself, it's selfful. And when you show them, you know, a happy mom, like who wants anything more than that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree with that. Here, here, my dear. <clears throat> Thank you so much. All right, yourkickasslife.com forward slash four three to enter the contest to win sex pot with stretch marks. And uh, that's all we have for you today. See you guys next time on episode 44. And until then, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.